What's good, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to prove to you that socialization equals socialism. I know those things seem super unrelated to you right now, but you will understand 100% by the time I am done with this podcast. And you can probably guess the reason I'm doing this is because I know that we're moving towards socialism. And I know one of the key reasons why we are moving to socialism, which is socialization. Specifically, the socialization of children. I am personally a super big advocate of homeschooling. I'm not a father yet, but I will be homeschooling my children. I did not see it. It's not even an option for me. That's like, that would be wild to send my kids to public school or even private school. It's like, it's just wild to me. It's because I've read a whole bunch about what the public school actually is, the actual purpose of socialization in public school. So like when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, if I send my children there, it's like, it's like moral condemnation of myself. That's what I would experience if I send my children to, to public school. I know a lot of people don't feel that way. They're just like, hey, the public school is there. I'll just send my kids there. You don't realize what's happening to them there. But let's get right into that. And the big thing people say about homeschool kids is that they're weird. They don't know how to socialize, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's funny because they are so freaking wrong. And they're wrong in the most fundamental way possible. Because socialization does not occur at school. And in fact, kids in public school aren't socializing at all. Socialization involves negotiation and voluntarism, which means if you are forced to be in an environment, you are not able to negotiate and you're not there by your choice. Therefore, socialization is not possible. Kids are better socialized when they're out in the neighborhood playing among themselves and negotiating rules of a game and choosing their friends and their enemies. In the school system, pretty much what is happening is what people call socialization is basically learning how to conform, learning how to get along with people who are dysfunctional and unhealthy and dumb and a whole bunch of other negative things. And these people, the people that say homeschool kids are weird because they don't know how to socialize and stuff. If you ask them, hey, like, what do you mean by socialization? Like, what values are the school giving your child that you would like them to see? First of all, they would not be able to give you an answer. Second of all, the answers that would be uh, derived from basic observation are pretty shocking. So pretty much the school system is learning learning how to sit still, take orders, and not question anybody. You sit down, take orders, don't question anybody, don't have any opinions of your own, don't express any of your values. You are a cog in the wheel. You are a cog in the system. You're not an individual. You, you belong to the group. Abuse is a norm in the school. Bullying is a norm in the school. And bullying doesn't happen in voluntary environments. At least not that often. Because if it happens in a voluntary environment, you can just leave. You also got to learn to raise your hand whenever you need something. You don't, you're not a free agent. You're not allowed to choose when you get to do something. You need to raise your hand and let the authorities do it for you. Let the authorities tell you when to go pee, when to do this, when to do that. Are you seeing how this is linked to socialism? This is <laughs> it's a direct correlation. One of my favorite books of all time, written by a guy named John Taylor Godot. He was um, a school teacher turned renegade school teacher, I guess. And he, after committing years and years of his life to being a public school teacher, realized that he was part of the cog machine that leads children in the wrong way and kind of dumbs us down. He wrote a book called Dumbing Us Down. And one of the chapters is called The Seven Lessons of a School Teacher. I'm going to read you those lessons and I want to see if they resonate with you, because I know they do with me. The first lesson of a school teacher is confusion. 
And as a quote from that section, the first lesson I teach is confusion. Everything I teach is out of context. I teach the unrelating of everything. I teach disconnections. I teach too much. The orbiting of planets, the law of large numbers, slavery, adjectives, architectural drawing, dance, gymnasium, choral singing, assemblies, surprise guests, fire drills, computer languages, parents' nights, staff development days, pull-out programs, guidance with strangers, my students never see again, standardized tests, age segregation unlike anything seen in the outside world. What do any of these things have to do with each other? Now I'm going to ask you, like, what the, what does the stuff that you learned in school have to do with anything else that you learned in the real world that you're applying now? The truth is, 95% of the stuff you've learned in school has either been forgotten or you don't use it at all. So you spent 12 years, well, you didn't spend 12 years, you were forced to spend 12 years of your life wasting your time, essentially. Wasting the best years of your mental development and creativity years wasted by the school system. And this is what parents are talking about when they say socialization of your kids. This is what they see. This is what they're saying. They're saying they want your kids to be just as confused as their kids and as confused as they are. Absolutely retarded, in my opinion. But they don't even know what they're saying. They're just blindly conforming like they were taught to do. The second lesson of a school teacher is class position. And here's a quote. The second lesson I teach is class position. I teach that students must stay in the class. They were told they were. uh, Excuse me. I teach students. They must stay in the class where they belong. I don't know who decides my kids belong there, but that's not my business. The children are numbered so that if any of them get away, they can be returned to the right class. Or over the variety of, over the <laughs> over the years, a variety of ways children are numbered by schools has increasingly dramatically. It until it is hard to see the human beings plainly under the weight of the numbers they carry. Numbering children is a big and very profitable undertaking, though what the strategy is designed to do is accomplished is elusive. I don't even know why parents would, without a fight, allow it to be done to their kids. My job is to make them like being locked together with children who bear numbers like their own. Do you see how that might relate to socialism, class position, the rich and the poor? You see all this propaganda everywhere nowadays. The rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. <laughs> oh my God, it is so freaking dumb. It is so freaking obviously wrong too. If you just look at it for just a second, all you got to do is look at it for just a second. The poor people are getting richer, but the richer are getting faster, richer faster. And that's because the government keeps printing money. And the assets increase in value, even though they're not making any money off the off the increase in value. So it's not even that they're getting richer; they're just getting richer on paper. The poor people, the people that are getting richest the fastest, because their lifestyle keeps increasing as all this new technology and all this wonderful stuff that comes from the rich people comes out and gets spread amongst the people. The third lesson of a school teacher is indifference. The third lesson I teach is indifference. I teach children not to care too much about anything, even though they want to make it appear that they do. How I do this is very subtle. I do it by demanding that they become totally involved in my lessons, jumping up and down their seats with anticipation, competing vigorously for each other for my favor. It's heartwarming when they do that. It impresses everyone, even me. When I'm at my best, I plan lessons very carefully in order to produce this show of enthusiasm. But when the bell rings, I insist they drop whatever they have been doing and proceed quickly off to the next workstation. They must turn off, on and off again like a light switch. Nothing important is ever finished in my class, nor in any class I know of. Students never have a complete experience except on the installment plan. Indeed, the lesson of bells is that no work is worth finishing, so why care too deeply about anything? Years of bells will condition all but the strongest of the world 
that they can no longer offer important work to do. Bells are the secret logic of school time. Their logic is inexorable. Bells destroy the past and future, rendering every interval as the same as the other, as the abstract abstraction of a map renders every leveling mountain and river the same, even though they are not. Bells inoculate each undertaking with indifference. I want you to think about this for yourself. I know for me, I was very indifferent to everything that I learned in school. I just did it. I got my grades and I went home and I didn't remember the stuff. I didn't care about the stuff. It was just another day in the office. Another day wasted. Another gear of my life wasted. More potential drained away from me. And remember, this is what parents who say that you need to take your kids to school or they're not going to be socialized. Uh, this is what they want for their kids and this is what they want for you because that's what they got for themselves. Think about what I said so far. Confusion, class position, and, and indifference. This is like what most people are feeling in their lives. They feel like they're confused. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to turn to. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to learn, what not to learn, who to listen to, not to listen to. And then everybody feels like they're in a class of the underclass if they're not rich. And the rich people, I don't think the rich people are falling for this stuff, but it's usually directed at people who aren't rich. They're saying to the rich, um, to the poor people and the middle class people, the rich are taking everything from you because blah, blah, blah. And these people actually see themselves as not able to get out of their class position that uh, some force called the rich is making them stay there. When in reality, it's the government printing money and running all these government programs that keep people in debt keep people enslaved with high taxes that prevent them from moving socially. But, hey, I don't. they don't read books, so... The next lesson of a school teacher is emotional dependency. The fourth lesson I teach is emotional dependency. My stars and red checks, smiles and frowns, prizes and honors, and disgraces, I teach kids to surrender their will to the predestined chain of command. Rights may be granted or withheld by any authority without appeal because rights do not exist inside of a school. Not even the right of free speech, as the Supreme Court has ruled, unless school authorities say, say they do. As a school teacher, I intervene in many personal decisions, issuing a pass for those I deem legitimate and initiating a disciplinary confront, confrontation for the behavior that threatens my control. Individuality is constantly trying to reassert itself among children and teenagers, so my judgment comes thick and fast. Individuality is a contradiction of class theory, a curse of all systems of classification. When I see adults... Uh, I see that a lot of them are emotionally dependent on the government still. They've been through the school system, and they look to the government for their emotional security. And this happens in a lot of ways. The biggest way that I'm seeing it nowadays is with college education. People think that since they have a college education, they have a degree, that they should be able to get a job because they gave their time in, and they did what they were said, and they accepted their class position, and they were indifferent, and they were confused, and they did what the government told them to do, so they deserve some type of job. And a lot of people feel like, hey, I, I deserve uh, health care because I'm an American. I paid into the system, blah, 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 blah. This is all socialistic tendencies bowling up in people who have been taught to be emotionally dependent on the government through the school system. And remember, we're talking about socialization here. Socialization of kids being these four lessons that I've been through so far. And this is what people want for their kids and they want for your kids if you claim that you want to be a homeschool parent. The next lesson of a school teacher is... Intellectual dependency. The fifth lesson I teach is intellectual dependency. Good students wait for a teacher to tell them what to do. This is the most important lesson of them all. We must wait for other people, better trained than ourselves, to make the meaning of our lives. The experts make all the important choices. Only I, the teacher, can determine what my kids must study, or rather, only the people who pay me to make those decisions. 
which I then enforce. If I'm told that evolution is a fact instead of a theory, I transmit that as ordered, punishing deviants who resist what I have told to them to think. This power to control what children will think lets me separate successful students from failures very easy. Successful children do the thinking I assign them with a minimum of resistance and a decent show of enthusiasm. Curiosity has no important place in my work, only conformity. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? We have the five lessons so far. And you can see around you all the time, people are just conforming, conforming, and giving their thoughts away to, to experts and such. What do you think happened for 2020? I know people don't want to talk about that anymore. They want to brush it under the carpet like it didn't happen. But basically, 2020 was, hey, we don't think. We're emotionally dependent. We're intellectually dependent. We're confused. We're in our class. We're in our proper class. So tell us what to do, daddy. Tell us what to do, daddy. Oh, take this, uh, take this drug? Oh, yeah, I'll do that, daddy. <laughs> That's pretty much what's going on. And 2020 was a prime example of that. People not thinking, they're intellectually, emotionally dependent, they're confused, and they're stuck in their class position. They love being told what to do because that's their only way of security. That's their security for them. That is security. And remember, people want your kids to go through this stuff. They want your kids to be confused. They want your kids to be emotionally and intellectually dependent. They want your kids to stay in their place, man. Stay in your place as a child. And they want your kids to be as indifferent as they are and as they want you to be. To be not indifferent in today's world is like a moral crusade. So many people are indifferent about so many different things. They have no standards of their own. It's just, hey, yeah, man, you do your thing. I don't have any standards. I don't have any intellectual um, integrity or emotional integrity. So I'll just let you do your thing. I don't have any opinion. I just do what I'm told. I'm, I'm just a peasant, you know. I do what I was told to do. Next up is lesson six, provisional self-esteem. And this is a very important lesson, as this is the theme of my podcast, what we're talking about, self-esteem. The sixth lesson I teach is provisional self-esteem. If you've ever tried to wrestle into line kids whose parents have convinced them that them to believe that you'll be loved in spite of anything, you know how impossible it is to make self-confident spirits conform. Our world wouldn't survive with a flood of confident people very long, so I teach that a kid's self-respect should depend on expert opinion. My kids are constantly being evaluated and judged. A monthly report, impressive in its provisions, is sent into a student's home to elicit approval or mark exactly down to a single percentage point how dissatisfied a child, a parent should be, the child of a parent should be. The ecology of good schooling depends on perpetual dissatisfaction, just as the commercial economy depends on some on the same fertilizer. Although some people might be surprised how little time or reflection goes into the making of these mathematical records, the cumulative weight of these objective-seeming documents establishes a profile that compels children to arrive at certain decisions about themselves and their futures based on the causal judgment of strangers. Self-evaluation, the stable of every major physical, philosophical system that ever appeared on the planet, is never considered a factor. The lesson of report cards, grades, and tests is that children should not trust themselves or their parents, but should instead rely on the evaluation of certified officials. People need to be told what they are worth. Mmm, maybe. Mmm, that was so good. That is definitely the best lesson of them all. There's still one more, but self-esteem is a self-generated thing. It's a reward for thinking, for choosing your values and pursuing them and having success in, in the pursuit. What most people think of self-esteem is the approval of others. And they take the approval of others or the disapproval of others and they project that onto themselves and give themselves value according to that. This is why people who have degrees think they're better than people who don't have degrees because 
your higher status among employers or school teachers or somebody. The people who love their degree so much are so funny to me. They get their self-esteem from government officials, man. Government officials are giving you your self-esteem. Like, how does that feel? They don't even know this about themselves, but when these people are bragging about their degrees and whatever, I'm like, bro, a government official gave you a stamp. Why why are you so happy? (laughs) You need to go out and prove stuff. A degree doesn't mean anything. Go outside. Go provide value. Go prove something to somebody. That's how you get real self-esteem. But, of course, hey, when you have a degree, you just... You just get you just feel that way because you're you're so trained in that getting your self esteem from the government type of vibe that maybe that doesn't come in their mind in any way shape or fashion yet. So when people are saying your kids aren't going to be socialized if you don't take them to public school or school, what they're saying is they need to get their self esteem from other kids. They need to get their self esteem from the teachers. They need to get their self esteem from government officials. If your self esteem doesn't come from government officials, you are a bad parent. You see, you're a bad parent because I got my self-esteem from the government and my school teachers. I was a good boy. I was a good boy. I got the A's and the B's and the C's. And all the kids like me, so I'm a good boy. I know I'm making a lot of jokes, but this is serious stuff. This is what people are actually saying. They're not saying this explicitly, but this is what they are accepting by, by saying that kids who don't go to school aren't socialized and pretending that going to school is actual socialization when it's really just learning how to conform learning how to be uh, dependent emotionally, intellectually, learning how to be perpetually confused and indifferent and emotionally all over the place. And we're on to the seventh lesson, which is one can't hide. The seventh lesson I teach is that one can't hide. I teach students that they are always watched, that each is under constant surveillance by me and my colleagues. There are no private spaces for children. There is no private time. Class changes last exactly 300 seconds to keep promiscuous fraternizations at low levels. Students are encouraged to tattle on each other or even to tattle on their own parents. Of course, I encourage parents to tattle on to uh, file reports on their own children's waywardness too. A family trained to snitch on each other isn't likely to conceal any dangerous secrets. I assign a type of extended schooling called homework so that the effect of surveillance, if not the surveillance itself, travels into private households where students might otherwise use free time to learn something unauthorized from a father or mother by exploration or by apprenticing to some wise person in the neighborhood. Disloyalty to the idea of schooling is a devil, always ready to find work for idle hands. Children will follow a private drummer if you can't get them into a uniformed marching band. To boil that down to the essentials, the seventh lesson is it's just there to increase conformity. You're not your own person. You are part of the group. And if you leave the group, you are dangerous. You are a dangerous individual. You become an individual, you are dangerous. You're a group, you're part of the group, you're safe. But if you're a out on your own, you think you're your own, you become emotionally and intellectually independent, you are a danger. You are a danger to the group, to society, to the world, to the government, whoever. And man, so this is why school socialization equals socialism. You, you got the steps laid out. You're confused in school. You learn that to be emotionally and intellectually dependent, you're constantly on the surveillance and all these things. And this is what people are saying they want for your ki- for your children when you tell them that I'm going to homeschool my children. I'm going to homeschool so that they can become independent people, actual people, people who don't get their self-esteem from government officials. School really, really crushes the spirit, man. 
it crushes creativity. And we don't even know. We don't calculate these things, of course, because if we were to calculate these things, it would cause a riot. I know there was one NASA study where they took measurements of kids before they went into public school for their creativeness. And basically what happened was they took these children, they tested them for, for creativeness and intuitiveness and a whole bunch of other fantastic things. And they were basically like, these children have so much freaking potential. And then after like five years of school, they tested them again. And they were like, yeah, these kids have no potential now. <laughs> That's the school system. It's supposed to crush your potential, crush your individuality, put you in the group, conform to the group, get yourself esteem from the government, and do what you're told. Go ahead and get that job and work till you die and save that money and do the things that they tell you to do so you can be a good boy or girl. Real socialization is a voluntary thing. When I go to an event, I'm socializing with people because I chose to be there. I get to choose who I go up to. I get to consciously reject people or accept people, continue conversations or stop conversations. When you're in the school system, you're just learning to get along with people. And the people in, in public school specifically are pretty terrible. Lots of parents are abusing their kids, and those kids go to the school and they abuse other kids. And then those kids who get abused turn into abusers themselves, most likely. It's a vicious cycle, a cycle that leads to dependence on the government, which increases socialism. These people don't know how to work for themselves. They don't know how to provide actual value. So they need to go steal value from people who actually know how to provide value. And that's where we are in this country today. And in the West in general. I know this was a long one. I'm going to get out of here. This is super passionate. This is important stuff, man. Please homeschool your kids. <laughs> please. Please. I'm begging you, man. If my kids are watching this and somehow I, I failed you and I put you in a public school or a private school, feel free to jump me, to beat me up or something. I don't know. Slap the shit out of me because I know it's wrong. So I would feel terrible if I put you through this situation. I am trying to regain my creativity and independence myself right now. And I know I would be a whole different person had I not been raised in a place, the school system, where my independence was crushed. And with that, I hope you do the same. And I'll see you in the next one. Peace out.